Activist Radio is on the air. You've tuned into the Mark Harrington Show. Sponsored by Created Equal. Time is running out for our nation. I beg of you, you need to stand against the evil that's plaguing our nation. If you don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. Like, you kill a baby fetus the same thing as killing any old inanimate object. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders. You, you, you young people, it's your movement now. It's not your parents anymore. The blood that is shed cries out to God from the ground for justice. And now, here's Mark. Well, hello, folks. Thanks for uh, joining in here with the Mark Harrington Show with your radio activist, Mark Harrington. And you can find out more about our program by going to markharrington.org. We're also uh, streamed live over my social media platforms and created equals platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can pick up the podcast as well of the Mark Harrington Show on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Periscope, Podbean, Google Podcasts, all the podcasts. We're there if you want to pick it up and listen to it whenever you wish. Um, So it's good to be with you today. We're going to be talking about the COVID vaccine, which is now, you know, at the forefront of the whole debate over COVID-19 and what the country and the world is is trying to do to to solve this big uh, problem. So we're going to be talking about that today on the program. We're going to be trying to answer the question, First of all, is it safe? Is it something we should be taking? And then as Christian believers, is it ethical? Is it moral? Are there problems with the vaccine? Uh, Would it be something that would be permissible for a Christian to take? So that's what we're going to be talking about on the program today with Dr. David Prentice. But before we do, I want to make sure that you're aware that uh, our team is going to be heading out on Sunday to go to Georgia which is now the focal point of the 2020 election. As you well know, the, uh, uh, the election, I guess, is still in limbo at some level, but it looks like uh, Joe Biden is our next president of the United States. And with that controls the executive branch. Uh, the concern we all have, though, is the U.S. Senate. And that is if the U.S. Senate is controlled by the Democrats, uh, then they would uh, the Democrats have control of the executive and the legislative, and uh, they could do a whole lot of bad things. And so we're trying to get down there to do what we can with our vote anti-abortion campaign to keep that from happening. Uh, and we'll probably spend a program here soon talking about the uh, the Georgia race and how if the uh, Democrats take control of the Senate, what that means for the uh, pro-life issue, what that means for us as Americans. But uh, be in prayer for us as we uh, we head out on Sunday. We'll be there a week uh, trying to do what we can to um, to educate voters on abortion as they go to the polls on January 5th in Georgia. Uh, so, like I said, we're going to be talking about the COVID vaccine and answering the question, is it safe? Uh, is it ethical? In order to do that, I have my friend, a good friend and colleague, Dr. David Prentice with us today. Dr. Prentice, thanks for being on the program. Great to be with you, Mark. Thanks. 
Uh, Dr. Prentice and I go way back. Uh, you know, we haven't seen each other for a while. Uh, he he uh, spent a lot of time here in our state house uh, in the last decade or so, uh, fighting alongside with many of us here, trying to keep the uh, government from uh, making embryonic stem cell research permissible, along with human cloning. So I've I've stood with him many times, uh, fighting those good fights. But it's been a while since we've uh, we've been able to touch base, and it's good to have him on the program today. Uh, so, Dr. Prentice, uh, you know, here we we're all talking about the vaccine now. Uh, Operation Warp Speed, the president's program to race through, to rush through this vaccine to deal with COVID-19. And now everyone's talking about the vaccine because it's coming online. You know, people are going to be starting to take it and so forth. And uh, we want to get ahead of the game here. We want to make sure that our people, our, fin- our friends and, and, and people that follow us, understand uh, the virus and, and, and or, I'm sorry, understand the vaccine and what it is we need to know about it. So in order to, to try to try to get going with this, um, uh, you, you gave me a couple of good questions to ask you. And I think the best thing is to just go straight there. Uh, let's first talk about viruses. Uh, and I'd like you to explain how viruses attack us and how vaccines are made uh, to defend us from those viruses. So if you would take a moment and explain that to our audience. Let's, let's do a little little science primer here on, on viruses and viral vaccines. And the thing about viruses is they, they're not really free living. They have to grow inside a cell, like one of our cells. And so for, for the COVID-19, it's a respiratory virus primarily. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody coughs on you, somebody sneezes on you. That's how it gets into your system. But to cause right. the trouble that it does, it has to get inside our cells. That's the actual infection. Once inside our cells, this virus kind of commandeers the cellular machinery, takes over and, and has the cell make lots and lots and lots more virus, which can spread throughout our system. How do you make a vaccine then against that? Well, you need some recognizable part or the recognizable whole virus for our immune system to see, to start making antibodies and other sorts of defenses. Now, it used to be there was only one way to make a viral vaccine. So like we said, they have to live inside cells. You'd take some cells in in a Petri dish in the lab. You'd throw a bunch of virus in there the virus would take over those cells and make tons of virus. You would then harvest that virus out of that Petri dish or for commercial purposes, actually vats full of cells. But you take the whole virus and you kill it or you weaken it at least, what's called attenuation. And that's what goes into my arm for a viral vaccine. It's the whole virus. And our immune system looks at that and says, okay, we we don't want that to infect us for real. Make a bunch of antibodies, be ready in case there's actual infection of the virus that happens later. Well, there are now five different ways (laughs) to make a viral vaccine. There's a lot of new technology, molecular biology, kind of geeky stuff, but uh, just to sort of point out what these are, instead of instead of making whole virus, 
the way these newer techniques do, it uses a part of the virus. If you've seen those pictures that they show all the time of the coronavirus, it's got those little spiky things like yeah. a halo along the outside. Those are right. called the spike protein. And that's the face you want on the wanted poster for the immune cells, because that's what our immune system would see, recognize, and be able to attack if the actual virus got in. So of these four new ways, they pretty much all focus on that spike protein and trying to teach our cells how to recognize that as foreign. One way that's done is called an mRNA vaccine. It's the technique mm -hmm. used by Pfizer and right. Moderna, the two that are closest to being approved uh, for here in the US. The right. mRNA is a recipe for how to make the protein. It's not actually the protein itself. You actually can synthesize it without use of any cells in the laboratory, basically in a test tube. You design the sequence that you want because it's a little genetic sequence on the computer. And then you put that into a test tube with some enzymes. You make lots of this little string of genetic code called mRNA. And again, it's a recipe for how to make the protein. You encapsulate that in some lipid, basically in an oil droplet, because that's similar to our cell membranes. It gets inside our cells and our cellular machinery isn't taken over like it would be with a virus, but it recognizes that little recipe, that code, and our own cells then make the spike protein, show it to our immune system, and now you've got antibodies and you're protected. Okay, There's so the body other. makes antibodies based on what's being sent to it in the vaccine. Yeah, basically. and again, what you're doing is that's that's the face you want on the wanted poster that our immune gotcha. cells see, they make the antibodies against, and they're ready in case the full virus, the actual infected virus ever comes in. But it's okay. just a little snippet of code. It's, it's a neat way uh, scientifically to do this because you can rapidly make this kind of thing. And we'll come back to the whole right. warp speed aspect of that in a minute. Right. There's another way, and it's called a DNA vaccine. Very similar in, in one sense to these RNA vaccines like Pfizer and Moderna. But other companies have said, well, we'll use a different little snippet of genetic code, the DNA. But again, just coding for the little spike protein itself. And again, it's not the protein, but it's a recipe that you get in, into our cells. Our cells make the spike protein, show it to our immune system, antibodies, and we're armed for defense. Got it. Some other companies have just uh, said, oh, we're going to cut out the middleman. We're not going to make our own cells create that protein. We'll make it in the lab. And there are different ways you can do it, but usually you use some kind of cell in the laboratory to make that actual protein, not the whole virus, but just that actual protein. And then All you right, shoot so that protein in. Okay, got it. So let's move on. We want to we want to talk about the vaccine itself. If you would, Mr. Producer, pop up the uh, this is the uh, the chart that the Charlotte Lozier Institute has created that lists the current uh, vaccine companies, the companies that are creating or producing the vaccine and the status of the vaccine, along with the uh, 
uh, development and production of the vaccine, whether they used aborted fetal uh, cells in development production and lab testing. Again, I'm with Dr. Prentice from the Charlotte Lozier Institute. We're talking about the COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, what are the key features of these vaccines and what should people be focusing on? Obviously, as a pro-life activist, I'm concerned if they used aborted fetal cells in the production yeah. or testing. And, and that's exactly where you want to focus. And that's the whole reason we started putting these charts together. This is the abbreviated one just with the warp speed, but we've got a, a more detailed chart that gives a lot more information. But the right. focus is on those little green squares or, or uh, red diamonds or the kind of halvesies. Right. red and green squares and it uh -huh. relates to like you mentioned whether they used an abortion derived cell line remember we talked about how you have to grow the virus in right. cells yes well uh there are a few still vaccines uh made the old-fashioned way that use abortion derived cells it's interesting that the, uh, the vaccine companies have gotten away from that for the most part and they'll use like animal cells they'll use eggs they'll use yeast even but there's still a few made where you grow the virus in that abortion derived cell line and going forward here with the the covid 19 vaccines there are there are a few like that so the the green square means they didn't use well, let me ask you this. Cell. This has always fascinated, well, fascinated me. But I mean, obviously, it's it's evil and wrong. But why abortions? Why why can't they use cells from, you know, yeah. living human beings or something? Yeah, why and, why why do why do vaccines always seem to use abortions? I, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, and and you know, in point of fact, most of them now don't. don't. But yeah, but back did. in the old days when they first started doing this, and we're talking about in the 1960s in 1970s scientists at that point thought well the best cells to use the ones that grew the longest and grew the best were derived from younger and younger and younger human beings so oh, that makes sense they would go with you know aborted babies the youngest it. cells that they could get but but you're right you don't have to do that and in point of fact most of the vaccines now most of the viral vaccines aren't made in those old fetal cell lines. Now, the, right. There's an ethical point here that we need to bring out that, you know, those cells, what are what are they not using? They're not using, you know, tissue from ongoing abortion. You know, David Daleiden exposed all of that going on with the trafficking right. and the horrific things with Planned Parenthood. They're not using that. These are cells that they did the abortion back in like 1962 or 1972. The cells have been growing in the lab since then. But you can still trace that sure, ethical back line to the back abortion. to that abortion. Yeah. So let's do this. I want to go through the chart if, we, if okay. we could. Go ahead and pop that back up. Because a lot of, you know, every time you turn on the TV, we're talking about these companies, Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, and the rest. Yeah. If you look at the chart, you're saying that the first two, that is Pfizer and Moderna, did not use aborted fetal cells in the development or production. First of all, what's the difference between development right. and production and testing? Because it looks like apparently at least they used them partially or you're uncertain as to whether they did in the testing. Exactly. So, so when we talk about development and especially production, you're talking about that that assembly line, if you will, 
and that product is the vaccine. That's what's going into my arm. And right. so, you know, a lot of people are mostly concerned about that. Am I going right. to get anything that has been connected or touched a fetal cell line that way? So we looked at that. And, and in point of fact, what we're doing is we're going to the published science that these companies have to publish their information and tell us how they did it. The Pfizer and Moderna, the, these RNA vaccines, they design the sequence on a computer. They mm -hmm. make the RNA code, that little recipe in the lab without use of any cells. They put it in that little oil droplet, and that's what goes into my arm. So no use of an abortion-derived cell line. What about the testing then? Well, so what if you want to know if that vaccine really works? Well, before they go to the clinical trials with you and me, they will give that to a mouse. But then they're using some of those abortion-derived cell lines to test to see whether the antibodies work or to test and see whether okay. it makes the protein. Now, not all the tests use those. And in point of fact, they don't have to use them at all. But, right. you know, if you look at what they say they've actually done, you know, there's that. So there's another little degree of separation there from the production. It's not what's going into my arm. But we point that out, out also, because we're trying to prick the conscience of the scientists here as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they need to get away from using that. There's no need to use those. There, are, there are newer and better ways to do it. So let's but, deal with it. Got a couple of other questions for you, uh, Doctor Prentice. Our time is short here. Uh, you know, Christians just want to know primarily: is it is it uh, is it ethical? to use the, to take the vaccine. I mean, we're looking at Pfizer yeah. and Moderna that did not use it in the production and development, but uh, in the lab testing. And I know that, uh, you know, it's up to every Christian as to what they're gonna decide, but where do you land on that? Because it looks like the others, Merck and some of these others did in the production, they used abortive fetal science or, or, or not, right? The, the, well, the Merck and um, the Sanofi haven't yet told us what they actually did for testing. We okay. know that it's produced without those abortion-derived cells. Without like it, okay. And Moderna. So, okay. you know, if you're considering now, you know, whether you're going to take it or not, you're not going right. to get anything that touched one of those cells put into your arm. We don't know yet whether they those two used for testing. We know Pfizer and Moderna did. Uh, you know, some people are more sensitive than others to that. Right. We're trying to make sure people have though the accurate information. If you look at AstraZeneca and Johnson and Johnson, we know that there's an ongoing use of those fetal cell lines when they're making the those their vaccines. And so and, and, uh, you and know just, for a fact took, that that vaccine was made in one of those abortion-derived cells. Okay. And I'd like to just try to make it clear. As a Christian, what is the concern? I mean, obviously, we wouldn't want aborted fetal cells to be used for anything because right. the baby was killed to derive these cells. Now, maybe the baby wasn't killed for that purpose, but the baby was killed and those cells were used. That's unethical. We don't want to do yeah. that, in my view. Uh is there any other view to take? I, I don't know. I mean, it's well, hard for yeah. me as a pro-life advocate, even even yeah. with the lab testing, to say, I, sure. I can take this. 
I mean, the uh, one view is, is there any way that if I'm, if I'm making use of this vaccine, am I participating somehow right. Direct. in that? Or am I somehow uh, making it possible that, or making there's a need for them to continue using those cells? And I think that's a good way to think about that. Which okay. if you look at those then, well, AstraZeneca, J&J, they're continuing to use those cells. Mm-hmm. But you know, Moderna and, and Pfizer have moved away from that, at least in terms of producing the vaccine. Now, the, the tests are kind of a one-off thing. And right. we need to realize some people are still sensitive about that, that there was any sure. connection whatsoever in the yep. past, in the future. But they're not continuing to use those abortion-derived cells. And I think that's an that's an important distinction. No question in my mind. Uh, And I think it's a tough one. This is a thorny one for for Christians to decide as to what's ethical uh, and and what is not. And it's going to be up to each individual and their own families as to whether they uh, will take this vaccine or not. I'm talking to Dr. David Prentice from the Charlotte Lozier Institute. And we're talking about the uh, COVID vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine. There is now many of them coming online and Americans are going to begin beginning and others around the world are going to beginning to take these. Uh, and I think this this chart is very helpful. And I want you I exhort you folks to to go to my social media and and take a look at this chart. There's also an additional uh, uh, piece of research that uh, the Lozier Institute has done. I'll also link to that which gets into a little more detail and also also lists all the vaccines from all over the world as well, not just the ones that we're dealing with here as part of, uh, uh, what is it, Project or Operation Warp Speed. Right. Uh, Dr. Prentice, let, let's move on from the abortion issue. I think I think we covered that pretty clearly. Uh, what are your concerns about this, the, the speed at which it was uh, the vaccine was produced? Is that a problem as well? And just from your professional opinion, is it safe? And and I'm not really concerned about the speed because a lot of that relies on these newer technologies, which Mm -hmm. are are set up, in fact, to produce something much more quick. And then the other thing they did was they kind of overlapped things. So they started producing vaccine before they actually did the test. They pretty much took the gamble that it was going to work before they knew they did. And so that is another way that they sort of shortened this timeline. But, you know, the FDA and outside committees are looking at all of the safety data. I am I'm convinced that these are safe vaccines. We want to consider, again, the ethics, as we've mentioned, but I don't think the speed is a problem. Okay. there are a couple of other things I do want to throw out just real quick that that there's about a minute or two left things out there that people just not to not to pay any attention to one is that uh, like the RNA or the DNA are involved with they're going to genetically modify you or there's going to be mind control through nanotechnology or anything like that not going to happen they're not even able to cause that genetic modification with that and another one is there's a concern that uh, it's somehow going to affect people's fertility because they excluded pregnant women from the clinical trials well you always exclude pregnant women from any of the right, vaccine yeah. clinical trials. That's not an issue. It's just an abundance of caution, no particular risk. People do also need to be aware that just like any vaccine you get, 
you may see some side effects. You may get a little fever. Mm-hmm. You may, your arm may be mm-hmm. sore, you know, things like that. So it's not a matter of safety. It's a matter of the normal reaction your body has. Consider these various options, though, and especially I would encourage your listeners to, to consider the ethics of this. All right. My guest has been uh, Dr. David Prentice from the Charlotte Lozier Institute talking about the COVID-19 vaccine. And folks, if you want to find out more, uh, Dr. Prentice, what is the website? LozierInstitute.org. That's L-O-Z-I-E-R Institute.org. All right. So that's the Lozier Institute. And also you can go to my social media and created equals uh, social media to, to take a look at that chart and the additional research that the Lozier Institute has done. Uh, I think it lays it out pretty straightforward for us to make decisions as to what's best for us and our families. But I think it's up to each individual Christian as to what they're going to end up doing uh, when it comes to the issue of abortion and whether it's ethical or not to be actually uh, taking this vaccine when it comes online. Dr. Prentice, thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much, Mark. All right, Dr. Prentice with the Lozier Institute has been my guest today. If you find out more, you can go to markharrington.org. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil Evil. plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to the Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.